this episode had a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. It's time for the Everybody Counts podcast. Tracy here with Jay. What's up? And Pete. A.K.A. Little Podcast Boy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He goes by so many names, but he, he always keeps showing up. We love it. All right. We're here. We're going to break down and discuss episode two of season seven. And just our little reminder that uh, we'll try to keep the episode discussion spoiler free. But the interview with Natalia Castellanos, who plays Mayor Susana Lopez, that we have at the end is not uh, spoiler free. So if you want to listen to those separately based on what you've watched, that is your warning. So we're going to move through our segments, which we start out with our case review, looking at- Hush the- dies at the end. Oh, <laughs> shoot. I shoot. messed it up. I thought we. I thought it was the interview portion. I'm sorry. So close. So close. Oh, dang it. All right. Go ahead. Sorry, Tracy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you dare say that. Anyways, back to episode two, The Dog You Feed. This was written by our good friend Oso Vasquez. I want to congratulate him on this writing credit. An amazing episode. I think one of my favorite things about this episode, it is chock full of nostalgia, uh, cameos, just great stuff that kind of, you're like, wait, that reminds me of such and such season. And, and you look and you're like, oh yeah, that was that. So yeah, it, it's really cool that they blended so much in from other seasons into this one. And we can start off with the title. Do you remember the title, guys? Do you remember what that phrase is from? Coltrane? Yeah. Feeding Coltrane? <laughs> maybe, maybe it was, like, well, the dog that Bosch feeds is Coltrane, right? So <laughs> I saw the problem. That's right. The dog Thank you, everybody. Harry, the dog Harry feeds is uh, is Coltrane. It was the phrase used by Harry when he's talking to the psychiatrist about Raynard Waite at the end of season one. It depends on which dog you feed as to what, you know, will come out in the end. So Harry turned out one way, Raynard Waite's turned out another um, based on the dog that you choose to feed. All right. So why don't we start out? I just had this fellow on my brain, probably because I get so frustrated with him um, in this episode. Why don't we start out talking about Victor Franzen? He's made it through the night in jail and he's meeting with Honey Chandler in her office. And basically he's saying he doesn't want to be punished at all. Basically, that's kind of the, in a nutshell. Would you agree? No. All right, we'll come forth there. Basically was willing to take any any punishment they were offering him except for time anywhere. Yeah, no time, no time. He was very specific but, about but that. But he was, he was okay with restitution. Yes. He was okay with giving up his co-conspirators. Well, sure, giving up other people, throwing them but that, under But the that's bus. what I'm saying. He was willing to deal with those kinds of – she said you might have people, yeah. you know – um camping out in your front yard looking for you and he said they probably already are (laughs) that's true that's true but there were two money things there was restitution and what um what was the The other fine right the fine yeah fine on top of that yeah on top of it yeah so he thought oh well in addition to restitution and she's like yeah and he just makes that little face like my point being he was willing to do everything else except for time so he was accepting the punishment just not the one that physically involved him (laughs) man if you can't do the time don't paint the gold bricks. That's what I say. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's an over-exaggeration for me to say that he didn't want to be punished, but at the same time. No, he's a baby. He, he seems like he really doesn't want to he's do anything. 
but his his big no no is time and, and you know jeez and she even told him it was like club what, club fed or fed. yeah not not so not such a bad deal apparently but not for Victor Franzen so yeah so he's going to try to throw someone else under the bus and they're going to get the SEC involved anything else uh, you want to this is your time to vent about Vincent Franzen before hey, he's just on. a scumbag man scumbag living living the life with his millions whatever what uh, get out of here i hate people like that mm-hmm. oh. well another thing that's interesting too that they have the bail hearing and it, what is it one and a half million and the assistant da objects to that she says he's a flight risk and you know she goes as far as saying it should be like 230 million a million for all of his victims but you know Obviously, that's not going to happen. They bring it. The judge says one and a half million. But when they when they were talking about that, the bail might be around two million. What I think what really got me here is that he just sort of shrugs it off with honey and says, oh, yeah, I can do that. So he swindled all these people and stolen right. from all these people. But yet right. eh, I can handle two million bail. Well, and then it's it not his money. Well, <laughs> it's not his money. What do you care? He's playing Monopoly in real life. And that's why I don't hate him. I am jealous of him. That oh somebody can gosh. live. No, hear me out. Hear me out. This guy's got money. He takes it from people. He obviously don't give a mm, because he doesn't have a conscience. He's willing to wrap people to get through. Like, imagine being able to in your life to like just do things and not worry about consequences. And just still, he's still not even facing jail time. This guy should be locked up for 20 years. Like, come on. I just, I envy somebody who, not envy, but like, it makes me jealous when somebody could just do things and not care. And then like, I'm sitting here, like my shoe's not tied. I'm upset with myself. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like the stupidest things is what I'm saying. Like, and he just doesn't care about the biggest things. I'm like, you know, there's some pretty important things he doesn't care about. That's right. I feel like you want to say something, Jay. I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm going to let Pete go with this envy. No, I'm good. <laughs> not envy, jealousy of somebody who could just live so carefree and not give a crap. I, I'm predicting it will not last. How about that? And, I'm hoping uh, it doesn't. I'm he, he's that. delusional. He seems delusional. But you, you have a point, Pete. He's gotten away with a lot already. So it, it is just astounding. He's a worm, a weasel. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for Jay. But on the way into the hearing, we had a cameo. We see someone, a blast from the past. Jay Reason Folks, that dude. You remember him? He was defending Andrew Holland, season four, played by Spencer Garrett. So that was interesting seeing him there. Well, let's move back to Jay Edgar. I know you're team Jay Edgar. Oh, uh, no. Past next question. I do not. (laughs) I'm so sad. I'm in mourning right now for Jay Edgar, the way he's behaved. I mean, I feel for him so much. But at the same time, get, get, get your stuff together. Yeah. He, he's struggling, but he's, he's, you know, he's not just a victim. He's making some bad choices and, and Harry's not having it. It's um, over. Whatever was, whatever he was going through was supposed to be over. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But obviously he has not reconciled it uh, completely in his mind. And it well, in just a second, well, let's go ahead and talk about where it comes up again. He's struggling. He goes to see Mama Rue at the pawn shop. You know, she seems like she's been kind of a confidant, maybe a little bit of a mentor to him someone he can relate to and he's there talking to her and she's going to pick up some give him a, a package of tea and this other customer comes in and actually thanks jerry for what he did and you know praises him for what he did so here's jerry being conflicted about you know his choices and then he you know i think he was very taken aback to hear that from from this other 
customer, I guess, of, of Haitian descent. And I mean, you can understand where the, where the, the other guy's coming from, but I think, you know, I think everything's just flip-flopping in, in Jerry's head and he can't put it. He's, he's trying to, he's trying to figure it all out, but he's not getting the same reaction from Latanya about his behavior. You know, he's not, he shows up for the boys for visits without calling ahead to confirm the plans. And so they've made other plans. So you know, he's just not on his game there. He's not being responsible. He's smoking, drinking. He doesn't engaging. smoke. <laughs> but he, he's smoking, but he doesn't smoke. And, <laughs> you know, engaging in a debauchery. He shows up at work. He has to change his shirt. Harry's not having it. So he, he gets- was so mad, boss. He's like, I smell it through your pores. <laughs> Like, I was like, he's so mad. Yeah. And then when he's sleeping in the car, he snored and he blasts the music and he's like, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) That was, that was a very much a dad move, blasting the music, turning that up. But we got a couple of callbacks uh, between those two things that we just talked about. Because changing his shirt, what do you remember when he offered the extra shirt to Harry? Yes. Yes. So talk about that. And now he's using that extra shirt. Now he's using it. (laughs) So remind folks, I'm sure they, they caught it, but remind everyone when he offered the shirt to Harry. He was a total mess, all bloodied. Somebody yes. was shot. Eleanor. Yes. Eleanor oh. was shot in the uh, parking lot of Dupar's and uh, he was tending to her and, you know, she couldn't be resuscitated. And yeah, he was arrived at back at the police station, all bloodied. And he, he told him, you know, there's a clean shirt in there and uh, Harry's able to clean up. So there's very much a caring, nurturing type, you know, action in season four. And then totally different reason when Jerry needs to use it in season seven. And then also when he was falling asleep in the car, he said he was just resting his eyes. That was a line that Crate said last season when he was supposed to be listening on the wiretap for Alicia Kent. And Harry walks in and Crate has his eyes closed and he quickly says, just resting my eyes. The so, difference um, is Crate probably was resting his eyes. Well, Jerry was uh, yeah, yeah, I had to wonder. I, was like, <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, maybe Crate was actually telling the truth. So because you can listen with your eyes closed and yeah, still yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a preemptive. Don't uh, don't fuss at me. I'm just resting my eyes. But but Jerry, he he was fading for sure. Jerry's so, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's guilty of falling asleep. So, yeah, so that's kind of a status update with Jerry, at least on the, the things he's struggling with. But, you know, he is doing some casework as well, trying to trying to pull his weight with his partner. We hear from Mr. Handsome, I'm sorry, Detective Collins, and he gives Harry the files. Get out of here. What is what? that? Hey, just a slip of the tongue. What is that? <laughs> Oh my lord! Yeah, he gives Harry the 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 paperwork that just happens to have a couple things missing on it that involves him. Harry oh, no. oh, him. You still playing that game? You... Up until episode eight, I will. <laughs> yeah, he brings files on Pena, Alvarez, and La Mayorista, and so uh, yeah, so they get some more intel from Detective Collins, and they they met with the the management company, I guess, in the last, the first episode, but then in this episode, it looks like they're meeting with one of the actual owners of the building. And she's, I don't like her. I'm just she's, worse than, she, she's worse than the last person we spoke is, to. That was the property manager. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't even try to, to be polite. She's snarky and has an answer for everything. That's, that's not very nice. What she did, did say, not Jay? blink. 
What did you say, Jay? About She's her? She's a piece of work. She is a piece of work. Yeah. She compares Lamaya Rista's name to a digestive illness, which, you know, we've had heard great things about Lamaya Rista. But then she goes as far as trying to defend these actions of them trying to clear out the drugs. But at the same time, it seems like they're trying to clear out the tenants. It's like, a, you know, Jerry calls it a catch 22. Yeah. They're calling the police. So the police come. So they get rid of the drugs. But then the tenants get in trouble for the police being there. because That's, you know, a nuisance if the police are there too much. You know, this, they talk about this one particular grandmother whose grandson is dealing drugs out of her apartment, which Harry points out is, is not her crime. But, you know, it's a nuisance. They're going to uh, invoke the nuisance clause. So it's kind of like these tenants cannot win. They're in, a, they're in a tough situation. And I don't I don't sense a lot of compassion from the owners. I, I feel like I feel like they have the owners have a different agenda than caring right. for their tenants. They, they didn't get a lot from the a lot of compassion or information from the, the building owner, especially about the locked door. She really casually said, you know, that was that was horrible, but she didn't seem very sincere at all about that. So they leave very frustrated with her and I'm right there with them, but they do get some information from Crate and Barrel. They've come through and they have identified the owner of the SUV. And so Jerry and Harry go meet with the owner. She's working at a clothing shop and we hear about her night at the Magic Castle and how she used the valet. And so it couldn't be her car. You know, no, I wouldn't let anybody drive my car. But then then she does remember it smelling a little funny. So it, it does become suspicious, like maybe someone at the valet service drove her car, let someone else drive her car. So she's going to and she said that she's getting ready to clean the car. And Jay Edgar says, no, don't clean it. We have to impound your car. And it's always kind of fun. When you get a question like, well, when will I get it back? When he's done with it, when they're done with it. So I want to humanize the situation for a second. I know we're watching a show, so we don't mm-hmm. dig too deep into these side questions. But, I mean, it's, it happens. If your car's involved in a crime, they take your car. Are they giving mm-hmm. you a car replacement? <laughs> or do you just not have a car? What happens to these people in these inner cities that only have one car? They can barely pay off, can't afford to rent the car, and then get it impounded because it was involved. Like, if they really stole her car, she has nothing to do with it. That stinks. <laughs> that does stink. Is that true? Do you know, Jay? Yeah, I mean, that's true. But listen, she don't have to worry about that. She's using valet. Okay. If she's using <laughs> valet, she got money to afford the rental car. Okay. It's her own fault. Shouldn't it happens everywhere, Jay. It happens I don't everywhere. Care. Sometimes I don't the person care. doesn't have a valet. I don't care. That's all I'm saying. She can uh, deal with it. That's a that, good question. No, if my car it. got impounded, I would have to take an Uber or bus to work. Is all don't, I'm saying. Until don't use done. the valet. Okay, park it's it true. yourself. It's right? true. You're there right. You you have, lock the doors. You're absolutely right. Jay, you sound about as compassionate as the building owner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you want to be the property that. manager? <laughs> well, good you got job, me fired man. up, Tracy, because you totally just glazed over the fact that it's Crate and Barrel that have cracked the case again. You just you said it so quick. And then you were done with it like it meant nothing when these guys are the hero of the show. I just want to say that out loud. Okay, okay. I, I, I do not disagree with you there. Very, very valiant effort by the Crate and Barrel team. So let's let's give them a round of applause. No, you can't make up for it now. You want to and make may- up for it, you get me a Crate and Barrel spinoff. Then we and, can talk. And okay, may I just I'll remind... Remind the people who are listening to now episode two of the podcast. If you go back to episode one, 
I tell Jay that we're not like Bosch and Edgar. We are more like Crate and Barrel. Right. So yes. all of a sudden, Jay has a love affair with Crate and Barrel since I called him one. That's no, me. I've, That's I've, me. I've always loved the Crate and Barrel. Those are my God. Those are the heroes of the show. Everybody loves Crate and Barrel. No it's doubt. true. It's true. it's true. I mean, I never heard anybody say anything bad about them. So they talk to the valet manager at the Magic Castle and they get a list of names. They're going to roll through those. One comes up as a parolee for a very interesting car related crime. Gee, you wonder what that is. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> what do you know? But his Shocker. name is Russell Barnes and he says, no, 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 no. I, I didn't. I didn't park that car. I might have moved that car, but I didn't park that car and they press him they say his prints were in the car this guy's trying to get back in you know the good graces of the good lifestyle and citizenship <laughs> leaving a life of crime and they found his prints in the car they say so he fesses up confesses that he did let someone quote borrow it for he had fee. an unlicensed rental business yes an unlicensed rental business exactly so they tell him, who just, who'd you give it to? Who, who borrowed it? And it was, he says, I only know their, you know, their gang names, Little Trey Trey and Zorro. So at this point, Bosch and Edgar, they don't know who Little Trey Trey and Zorro are, but they find them in the database and they are with Las Palmas 13. And they also get some info back from forensics, the petroleum in the vehicle matches the accelerant used in the fire. So it's just all coming together. So they're ready to go pick up these guys and they head over with other cops. It's a whole group of them swarm on the house. Why don't you talk about it? What goes down when they're picking them up? Um, well, the guy, basically they tell him, you know, we need everybody behind their backs. Some try to run. They get cornered from all ends. The other, um, what's the guy's new guy's name? Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, Tracy's new boyfriend runs around the back and stops, stops the bodyguard, um, guy looking guy from, um, escaping. Yeah. Yeah, he gets them all wrapped up. And then the one guy they're going for, um, he tells Jay Edgar, like, yo, like you're a punk and, you know, you might be tough with a gun. But if you didn't have the gun, I, I'd mess you up bad, Holmes. And Jay Edgar, he put his finger out like he was going to touch him. Jay Edgar wrapped him up. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what he did was legal or not legal as far as police protocol. But, you know, like Bosch said it afterwards, the optics looked horrible. Yes. Um, the angle looked bad from few was watching. So, I mean, Jay, my man, Jay, I put it, put it on him, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you're not a good, not a good look. And it's yeah. not good for somebody who just came off of what he came off of. He just got cleared. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Stay yeah. back. Let boss take that guy down. And we see folks with, uh, you know, which they have perfectly have the right to do and should do you know, videotaping, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so Harry points that out as well, but, Speaking of Collins, he also agrees with Harry. You know, he says, you know, your partners, I think he says it's out of control. So, yeah. And, and Jerry, he can hardly leave the car once the guy's even in the car. He goes he, back to the window. Yeah, he just can't pull the guy. away. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ultimate dad tone from Harry, you know, for him to get in the car. And then. Well, because they started chucking bottles. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it they was did. getting bad. It was going to get bad. Mm-hmm. So they bring him in. Billets asks Bosch about them. And Harry tells him he thinks that Alvarez, the one nicknamed Zorro, is uh, more likely to talk. 
I guess he's lower in the ranks. And so they're going to give him the knife and, quote, give him time to marinate. So he's in his cell looking very uncomfortable because his cellmate says they're rolling up his sleeve. Well, they also, when they put him into the cell, he goes, all right there, baby killer. Right. So anybody else who's in there, now they think you killed the baby. You're screwed. You are you have a target on your back, and then you know he rolls up his sleeves and you see his tattoos, which I'm assuming are like sort of the tattoos associated with La Eme, the Mexican mafia. I just know they keep you know referring to La Eme and how things roll up to them. So and he looked awfully afraid, but so they've got him there holding them, and they're gonna they're gonna try with Alvarez first and see if they can get him to talk. And after all of these, this scolding, the dad tone, Bosch being irritated with Jay Edgar, Bosch reprimanding him, telling him that, you know, get in the car. He's not, you know, he's not behaving properly. Jay Edgar catches up to Bosch in the parking lot and he does apologize. So because Harry had told him, if you don't, you know, get it together, this is not going to keep happening. Now, I've been watching this show long enough to know that that apology yeah. Literally meant nothing to Harry. You want to mm-hmm. apologize to Harry? Get yourself right and show him. Yeah, it's more. Yeah. Say it. Right. He, he took it as a you know, but yeah, you know, the next move is very critical for Jay Edgar. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's like okay, your your intentions may be good, but but show me what you got. Show me that you're going to do better. So yeah, I agree with you there. And we get a La Mayorista sighting. She sh- shows up at a bar. This is actually before the guys get taken in little Trey Trey and Zorro, she comes in and is uh, talking with Miguel Pena saying, you know, what happened? Have you gotten to the bottom of this? Who, you know, who's responsible for this fire? And, you know, he just continues to say, you know, he doesn't know. Uh, We'll look into it. And she's, she's mad, you know, she's, she's about done. So uh, she leaves and she threatens to, you know, do her dealing elsewhere if they don't figure it out. And later in the episode, she calls Mickey from her vehicle, maybe her limousine, whatever it is. And again, you know, he's denying involvement. And he says that, you know, she can trust him. But then she refers to him by name on the phone call. On purpose. And he swiftly tells her, no names, no names. And she hangs up, throws the phone out the window, calling him a liar and some other things. All right, let's talk about Irving. Who wants to talk about Irving? Jay. This poor guy. <laughs> he can't catch a break either. Okay. Kids in the hospital. Yep. Finds out. I don't even know the guy's name to talk about him. What's the guy's name on the commission? Oh, Come on, Francis. Tracy. I know you know his name. Francis Alexander. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah. That's bad news all around. Bad news for Irving. Bad news for yeah. him. Who's his friend and on the police commission? Mm-hmm. who would have been the deciding vote basically on getting a second term for our chief. But unfortunately he's going to be resigning. His health is less than stellar. And right. so he has no choice but to resign all while the chief is going to him to kind of wrap up that vote, make sure that, you know, it's the deal. Yeah. And so ultimately it falls completely apart. And so now what's the chief going to do? He doesn't know because he knows whoever takes over that spot, the mayor is going to put the right person in spot. So that way the three to two vote goes the other way. Right. And so now not only is his friend super sick, he's lost the vote, kids in the hospital, 
Now the chances of him getting a second term slowly going out the window. One thing though, I don't, I, I struggle with a little bit at this point is why does she, I mean, I know he assumed that he would get a second term. He assumed that his endorsement, you know, paved the way for a second term, but is she just looking out for her own interests and her agenda and trying to find someone that's more suitable to her agenda? Or does she feel like she has some beef with him? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. I'm going to get into that later. So okay. we'll talk about All that right. later. Yeah. In different sections. Well, at this point, you know, he's sad about his friend. He's sad about losing the vote and he's kind of grasping at straws and he goes up to, he finds Jen Kowski after a meeting and for the Hispanic heritage fiesta, she's with this other guy that works on that committee and he's kind of complaining that the mayor hasn't shown up for, for that planning meeting. Which is and why it's not just Irv. She's, yeah, she's told to point. everybody there's something going on. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's, oh, it's, it's in one of her top priorities. You know, she meant to be here, but Irving stops Jen and he, he asks for a quid pro quo. And, you know, she's like, are you trying to bribe me? And he's like, no, just, you know, a favor in exchange for one for you later. He, he wants to be confident that the replacement will be someone in Irv's favor. You know, can she work on that? Well, Jen reminds him that, you know, he didn't give her any heads up when he was going to quit and mm-hmm. that she, she doesn't trust him. She doesn't owe him anything. So another loss for Irving. That technique did not work either. So he heads back home. He confides in June. He, you know, starts talking about not even trying for a second term. But June is the cheerleader. She tells him that he is not a quitter. So is that a good thing? Is that good for her to keep pushing him? Or does she need to give him an out? Hmm. Where's he going? <laughs> well, I, I mean, out of uh, a job. <laughs> What's he going to do? Be head of security at a hotel? Come on. <laughs> hey, he could take some time off. Who he knows? could be a piano teacher. He could. He could, for sure. He plays one heck of a piano. That's all I'm going to say. If that's real, I mean, I assume that's really him playing, real. Yeah, he went to the music conservatory and everything. He was did all of that prior to to acting. So very talented man, Lance Reddick. So, all right, Jay, you talk about this because I know (laughs) this is close to your heart. You love billets. People are not treating billets fair. Some bad stuff going on. You know, I got to tell you. This, these these guys are making me mad. So, first of all, it all starts in roll call or whatever you call that, where she's got to give an announcement to all the patrol people, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. And there, these two dudes in the back. What a bunch of beep censored word that we shouldn't say on the podcast. Obviously, they have a problem with her. They got a problem with detectives. They got a problem with authority. The the whole shebang. Yeah. But she puts them in their place. Yes, she I does. Loved that she put like so such a beautiful like if you could be there, do their job. Well, then you'd yeah. be there. But you're she not skip you guys, a beat, which was beautiful. And then, of course, you know, they didn't like that, which, you know, we're assuming that these are the guys behind them uh, sabotaging her car with some. I don't need to nice assume, words. Jay. I listen, you know, they showed you those two guys purposely show. saying that for okay. a reason. Yeah, I know, but it's <laughs> it's it's innocent till proven guilty. 99.9%. Okay? <laughs> I know, I know. Listen, I hate these dudes. I, I hate people that are like that. So, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. And you know, Billets, like, what did Billets ever do to anyone? So she's gay? Oh, oh no. 
God, that must hurt you so terribly. Yeah, really. Oh, she's a lieutenant while you're a chump ass little dude on patrol. <laughs> hey, work your ass off and you can be a lieutenant too. be a jerk. And guess where you're going? Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Right, right. And so it, it kind of sucks because you see Billets tries to do the right thing. She's having a tough time dealing with it. She knows some cops are behind it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's what just an uncomfortable situation. And it just sucks for her. It just you know, plain sucks. Um, I'm really hoping that in episode three, we see her punch him in the face. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say about that. A good punch <laughs> in the face. Listen, I, I don't really like this subject because it makes me very angry. And like yeah. you said, I want to say things I'm allowed to say on the podcast and you can't. So there's a saying around here. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Okay. Yeah. I cannot wait till that jackpot hits very soon. <laughs> and I'm going to make a phone call and tell them, listen, after this season, I don't want to see those guys on Bosch ever again. <laughs> I'm with you. I think, I think we're all in agreement on this one. And, and even though, we're assuming it's these guys, but even whoever it is, if you if you don't place that blame yet, the way it was done points to police work because of the the shoe polish writing and the capital letters. So you know, I think she's on to them. And how can they be so stupid to yeah. think that oh she's not going to do anything about this? Well, like, look at how <clears throat> look at how blatant and cocky they are. I mean, just to talk back to her to begin with in the not, in the meeting. not even that not even that if you're going to do it, they obviously. Um, you know, if it is policemen mm-hmm. from the department, they obviously wanted her to know that it was one of them because she said they used the the shoe polish yeah, or whatever, which they used to tag the, the cars, and, which yeah. is what I'm saying. So so they didn't try to hide it. Yeah, it, it's like they are. Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Taunting? I mean, they're, they're being arrogant. They're being yeah. arrogant. Yeah. 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 All and right. How lucky are they that she didn't have cameras? Everybody has cameras these days. I know. I know. They're lucky. Yep. So anything else we need to hit for the episode? Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I just, there were a lot of, a lot of callbacks. If you take a look at the recaps that I do for the show, I listed a bunch of them out there. And if you have others, please let us know. Cause it's really fun to, to look back at those and have fun with it. So let's move on to the interrogation room. We have a question from Pete. You go first. Okay. Okay. So I would say there was a lot of storyline progression in this episode. Mm-hmm. And my question really isn't a detailed answer, but it's a curious opinion from everybody. And people at home, feel free to listen to this question and throw your own answer back to Tracy. One word to describe this episode and why. I'm going to say messy. Like Irv's in a messy place. And yeah. Edgar's sloppy. And um, Chandler's dealing with the snake. And, you right. know. Pena and um, Stringer Bell, female Stringer Bell are going kind of a little head to head. Like I said, there are just a yeah. lot of layers. And then, you know, the other the, the thing with billets. And then you got Collins telling Bosch that is that his guy's out of control. I felt like it was, the, the writing was phenomenal. The storyline progression was phenomenal. It was one of my favorite episodes of the season. So hats off for the writer. I mean, we mentioned them earlier, but um, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. It's like everything is sort of falling apart and not holding together. For every character, there's you know, yeah. My favorite characters are in are a messy right now. They're yeah, all yeah. they're not settled. They're not situated, yeah. and I'm not happy. So I'm I not saying that's... that I'm not happy with the with the episode. I'm not happy with where my characters are. I need them to progress faster. So I need to watch mm-hmm. more now. All right, what's your word, Jay, in response to his question? I got like twenty of them. <laughs> you know, like originally I was going to say complicated for a lot of the same reasons Pete is, but yeah. you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to make it angry is my word because, because 
I'm angry about billets. I'm I'm angry for Irv. I'm I'm angry because Jay Edgar is a complete total mess right now. Uh, I'm I'm angry because that jackass won't go to jail. Uh, I'm angry because Money Chandler is gonna get him out of jail somehow. I'm just <laughs> I'm angry. There's so okay. much to be angry about. Yeah. Okay. That's a good word. I mean, I think we're all very close together on our words. I was going to say frustration. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Everyone's experiencing some frustration either with their case or with their client or with their partner, you know, everything, even though they're making some progress in all areas, there's, there's a lot of frustration. We're only on episode two Yeah, and they got us all emotional. This mm-hmm. is this is ridiculous. Yeah, we haven't even seen Captain Cooper a lot yet. Wait till, <laughs> oh, wait till we see that, more of Jay's that, favorite character. That can only make things worse. Can only make things worse for Hope sure. I don't you know he's going to get involved in this somehow because what's going on now with the internal affairs? Like, come on. My question is about something we did not discuss in the episode, but I feel like it's important. Here it comes. That's <laughs> <laughs> just. <laughs> not that serious okay why is antonio still alive <laughs> <laughs> no this is a this is about peers it's all yeah. about peers okay so uh somewhere in the middle of the episode uh pierce and vega are are chatting very quickly mm-hmm. and it gets mentioned that he's considering yeah doing the stuff to become d2 right right detective promotion mm-hmm. so we have followed along pierce's career from the very beginning all the way to now. Should he go for it? Should he go for it? Yes. All right. I'm going to say, oh, yes, but there's a but. If he's doing it, I mean, I understand if he's doing it to try to raise his chances to get called into West Bureau and remain as a homicide you know, detective right. with that group. But if he tries to do it too quickly, could he not do it as well? You know, like I, I, he's capable. I think he could do great on the test, but I don't want him to rush and then, you know, fail it and that be sort of on his record. So should he do it? Yes, but don't try to do it too fast. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm getting ready to text one. I'm going to tell him what you said about him. I said that, good things that, about that, him. That no, he that is shameful. Certainly... You said he's not ready and he shouldn't rush because oh, he's going to screw it all up. That's I did hear heard, that. Right? I heard That's he's going to fail. He's going right. to fail over and over again. I right. said, right. if, if Dang. you just wow. try to antagonize me. See, my answer was simple. Yes, go for it. You're talented. You deserve it. I want to see you have, be happy. And yes. I said, yeah. yes, go for it. You're talented. You can do it. But, but don't he's going to it all up. You said there's a big but. <laughs> he's going to get fired because he didn't do it well enough. Yeah, we heard you, Tracy. Wow. All right. Wow. Well, what's your answer, Jay? Uh, yes, absolutely. He should. Do it. I, I I look forward to when he's chief one day. Okay. Well, I can see it happening. And you go ahead and you talk to him and make I your will. little I accusations. Uh, he knows and, Tracy. And listen, he knows. In, in season eight of the the spinoff for Bosch. Okay, when he <laughs> is chief of police, we're gonna bring this conversation up, and I'm gonna be like, I told you so, and I'm gonna have him on the line so he can be like. Jay mm-hmm. told you so, and it's gonna it's gonna be wonderful. I would relish that moment because I only want the best for Rondell Pierce, soon mm-hmm. to be D two, right? Uh, no, it's too late. It's too, <laughs> too late. late. You've already offended everyone. Now we just need Jay to write 
season eight, nine, ten, and eleven when he finally hits the B chief. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Clues and we we what do we have at this point? We've got two suspects, which yeah. just their names. Okay. So the, just their names. The, the eyewitness. Yeah. Yes. They've been the ID'd car. as the Yeah, they've been ID'd. Took the car. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we did confirm, we did get confirmation that that was the vehicle. Crate and Barrel were the hero team that found the vehicle. Correct. Yes. What else? What else? What else? I don't know uh, that we got any. Yeah, other the golf bar guy was going to give up his co conspirators, I believe. But, um, wait. Wasn't this episode the one when he said that he um he has bigger fish to give up? Yeah, yeah, that's what he's saying. He's got a yeah. much bigger fish that so we know insider trading. Yeah. yeah, so we so that's about coming. to open up just more than just some gold bars. See, I knew, I knew it. Whatever yeah. they 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 put those people in the episode, just Honey Chandler, because there's going to be something else going on. Okay, all right. And and I think I don't know if you want to count it as evidence, but watching the phone call um, from. Marista and uh, Pena mm-hmm. and her calling him a liar like she knows he's involved. Right. I'm going to count that as evidence, even if it's not Bosch's evidence. She, yeah, she's made her confirmation yeah. in her mind. You're yeah. right. That's a good point. All right. Persons of interest. Who do you have? I'll, I'll jump in here because this also leads to what I was saying earlier. So um, we find that at the, at the, towards the end of the episode that this guy's about to give up people involved in insider trading to um honey Chandler, i obviously have had a theory from day one that his case is going to be bigger and become a case that bosch is going to end up working on or it's going to be somewhat involved i don't know however the person of interest i have at this point is the mayor because not only is um she cold shoulder in earth she's cold shoulder in all these events um mm-hmm. i wonder if maybe she's involved in the insider trading on the top with the gold bar people just out of curiosity because mm. like i said sinister quiet but she's still in, she's still in there, mm-hmm. and now she's trying to get rid of Irv. We don't know why. Oh, look at you! So hmm. to me, to me, it seems like the mayor's involved in something here. Um, they keeping her too quiet, but just out of arm's reach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a side story with Irv for his guy for his character because he's big enough as a character to have his own little sideline, mm-hmm. or if it's all connected. Because now you know, like I said, this guy with Honey Chandler, I felt like he's there for a reason, a bigger reason, and now I'm wondering if it's going to go up to you know or yeah to the mayor and what's up with the mayor is the mayor you know a bad a bad person is the mayor a criminal yeah a lot of questions about the mayor mm-hmm. all right what about you jay who's your person of interest you know it's it's way too easy to pick jay egger <laughs> again you said that <laughs> again, <last? laughs> again i feel like i might be saying this a lot however i'm gonna pick jay egger anyway because <laughs> Because the poor guy is just such a mess. You can tell he's ultra conflicted. He's he doesn't have control over his motions. He's making poor decisions. The the arrest. Uh, listen, like if I were a police officer, someone was talking to me like that, I'd probably want to beat the crap out of the guy, too. But mm-hmm. you are a police officer. you got a job to do. You do have to worry about the optics. you got to do things the right way. It jeopardizes a gigantic case. I'm just so worried about him, man. I'm just so worried. Uh, I need I need Jagger to pull through somehow, and I'm just mm-hmm. not sure he's gonna. Okay, okay, I hear you. Don't worry, Jay. Police Academy 12. Jagger <laughs> returns. Right. Get ready for right. it. The movie. I forgot about that. All right, keep going, Jagger. I can't wait for the movie. Can't wait for the movie. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Irving because 
it feels like he's being backed into a corner kind of like all his efforts are not you know none of his efforts are working jen's not going to work with him anymore his friend is sick and has to retire you know june's pulling for him so he must feel at least some pressure to keep trying because she's pulling for him and so what is he going to do you know so i just i worry that he might you know just do something not very smart or you know and and if he goes off the rails somehow that's your leader you know in the LAPD how does that filter down to everybody else and you know the reputation of the police department so I'm just I worry about him kind of like I said feeling like he's pretty much back into a corner none of his ideas are panning out you know you know I agree with you and there's one thing I noticed in all pretty much all seasons that we've seen him um, Mm -hmm. involved in stuff that pushed him into a corner he becomes a very slippery elusive guy and starts to really press those rules bending them just a little bit to his advantage like you know uh, he's going and exit for a favor for a favor down the road i mean that's not exactly you know street legal and um yeah you know we got the picture remember when he when he shredded the picture shredded the picture what photo yeah Yeah. (laughs) so like you know and uh, i mean we know we we know from the show he has a past that's not Mm -hmm. exactly wonderful Mm -hmm. so you know i i also kind of wonder sometimes like yo if we had more time to figure out his past how bad how bad of a guy was he and is this karma finally coming back or you know but he's a slippery guy when it comes to his his back against the wall so now i'm really wondering what he's gonna pull off to this yeah so yeah it just raised a lot of curiosity and uh for me with what was happening to him in this episode all right well i think that's about it for our segments you're always welcome to email bosh at so many shows.com if you have anything about any of the episodes even if it's a prior episode we'll bring it up um, in the next podcast as well so you can hit up the tip line there and finally we're at trivia with officer pete what do you have right. for us this this time I have another softball question. It wasn't nothing visual. It was audio. So I hope you were listening to every little oh, segment. God. No, um, no, I'm screwed. Jay mentioned <laughs> the segment earlier. So I think he might be on. I think he might be close. Um, so um, Pierce shows up with two cups of coffee, one for him and one for Vega. And he gives Vega her coffee and he says her coffee, what kind of coffee it is. Oh. Oh, oh, some kind of skinny latte. Shoot. Close. Yeah, that's oh. two thirds of it. Oh, God, shoot. He does, too. No um, foam, no foam skinny latte. You both get credit because you both filled it in. <sighs> no foam skinny latte. There we go. We're I team, heard that and I was like, that's a, that's a good high, question. High five, girl. High five. But then once he said, like, I was watching Pierce talk to Vega, I was like, uh oh, like he the, the little scene they had, he's watching. Uh oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's a good trivia. All right. Yeah, I like it. Changed it up a little bit. OK, some success. I mean, I'll, I'll take the win. Whew. I don't have a great track record with, <laughs> with your trivia, with the counting. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our part of the podcast. And then we have a lovely debrief interview with Madam Mayor. Played by Natalia Castellanos. It was great talking to her, and I think you will enjoy the insights that she has to share. So let's move on into that. And, and I'm we- pretty sure whatever she's into this season, we're about to find out. So spoiler <laughs> alert, people. If you haven't watched the episodes, you don't yeah. want to know. Yeah, could could be. So yes, yes, definitely remember spoilers are a possibility in the debrief interview section. So that's it for our portion. 
continue to listen to us on the Everybody Counts podcast, part of so many shows.com. I'll see you later on Tracy. Jay. See ya. Little podcast boy. Bye. Bye, guys. See ya. Hi, Natalia. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining on this. I'm Tracy Phillips. Nice and to meet you, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. Our podcast is called the Everybody Counts Podcast. So that's just a nod to Harry Bosch's creed about everybody counts or nobody counts. Yeah, I heard a couple of the episodes. They're great. Oh, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, fun. oh, you guys fully dive in. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we get uh, pretty pretty excited because we're you know we're definitely big fans. We we do enjoy it quite a bit. My co-host couldn't be with me, but I knew we could go over lots of good stuff. Just us girls. <laughs> Always good to have girls, right? That's right, totally. So <laughs> yeah. just to kick it off, you know, we only saw a glimpse of Susana Lopez last season. So yes. now we have you as the new mayor, making some waves for Chief Irving. How early on did you know about this expansion of your role? I knew the expansion of the role since I auditioned. So I knew I was going to come back. I just didn't know when or in what aspect what I was going to be doing. Okay. That's very cool. Was it hard keeping that close to the vest? It was. It was. uh, And it was interesting because I love what I love about the show and, and our creators is that they pretty much keep a lot to the vest until yeah. we need to know. Yeah. So a lot of it, I didn't know until we shot. Okay. It was okay. a lot of fun. I'm sure that adds to the uh, the realism of it. Oh, it totally does. And I think they do such a great job with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, that comes up often on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Authenticity that yeah. comes through on screen. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, how did you perceive the mayor in your head as you were playing or like maybe just some words or a basic description that you kind of drew from? Well, the, uh, I when I first saw her, I was, th- but this is before I had even booked the role. I had seen her a little older, what you tend to usually see for a, a congresswoman, because that's how okay. I came to the show, into the congresswoman side. Okay. Now, as soon as I knew I was becoming mayor, that all changed. And I started really seeing my character kind of being molded by AOC. Okay. Very familiar to that, like, keeping it pretty close to that because she's a Latin woman and she's a strong Latin woman. So I was like, this is kind of what I see her as. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. That's really interesting. Well, we see that Madam Mayor goes head to head with Chief Irving this season and they both characters seem like they're calculating some things and the chief has a reputation for being intimidating, but Susanna held her own. So what was it like working with Lance Reddick? I loved working with Lance. Lance is such a great guy. Moving in from the beginning, from season six, where I didn't know, coming in as a guest cast, and he just took me under his wing. He was like, super, let's play, let's do it. And so it made my job easier, made my job much easier to give him trouble yeah. in the Bosch world. <laughs> right. You can be added to that unique list like like Harry who who gives him trouble. So absolutely we love wear that as a badge of honor. We love making waves. <laughs> now your your scenes were primarily with Irv and Jen. So did you have the opportunity to spend much time with other characters, other actors in the Bosch family? 
I did. There was a few that I was able to spend time with. Maddie, Honey mm -hmm. Chandler, J. Edgar, but very briefly. Okay. Bosch. And of course, well, Jen, like you said. Sure. Uh-huh. But those were the main people. But oh, and when we did see, when we do see myself and my character with Honey mm -hmm. and and Maddie, it's it's very brief. Mm -hmm. But the main people that I'm really around is both... Uh, Jen Kowski mm -hmm. and Lance okay. Chief Irving. Okay. I think one of our first really interesting looks into that there might be more to Lopez than, than we realized was when she just totally gave Irving the cold shoulder at that press conference. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of skills do you use to portray that? Because it was, it was pretty clear <laughs> that she was not giving him any attention. Yes, it was. That was a very fun scene. We shot that earlier on and pretty much, you know, because Lance is so ready to play. Mm -hmm. Again, I can, I am able to turn in a dime, in a dime to be, okay, I'm going to give you that cold shoulder. And yeah. obviously, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's important to realize that the mayor is very for the people. Mm -hmm. And she really has an agenda that she wants to get done. Right. And Irving is kind of in the way. Yeah. And that ca <laughs> immediately causes that cold shoulder to happen very easily. Yeah. <laughs> and he was not, not prepared for it. He felt like that endorsement just paved the way for him to have a great relationship. So Absolutely. that was, that was fun. Ground. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good to see that turnabout there. I'm always interested in what actors think of their costuming for their characters. Like, what do you think of it for your character? And how does that compare to with how you your favorite type of way to dress in real life? So in real life, I don't actually wear suits. Okay. I don't really wear, I, I'm, I tend to be a little bit more bohemian, casual mm -hmm. type style, okay. while Mayor Lopez definitely has everything put together. And Monique, our costume designer, she was just amazing. Awesome. She chose pieces that I was so happy with. And I don't know if you've seen this before yet or not, but we will add a little bit of color to to Mayor because that's yes. not usual for for the boss. Right. And right. I get to have some color too, you know, in my wardrobe, which is great. Yes, and it's very striking. And I, I was curious if you had any say in any of the colors. I did. They had a couple of looks that they wanted to add a little bit more color. And as we know, Bosch tends to have more muted tones mm -hmm. with the exception of sometimes like Honey Chandler when she wears her white or, right? Because right? those things are for particular reasons. Sure. But they wanted to give me a little bit of a, an edge and a contrast to the world in that aspect because okay. I am having a lot of waves. So yes, I did have some say as far as picking a few things here and there of what my favorites were. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. I like that it's sort of collaborative yeah, in a way. Absolutely. So we, we always ask a few sort of sometimes fun or just kind of off the wall type questions. Okay. So I'm going to see your take on this and there's no pressure. There's okay. no pressure at all. It's just for fun. And if you're like, no, I'm not answering that. That's fine too. Okay. But um, we talked about Harry's Creed being everybody counts or nobody counts. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to see what you might come up with for another version of that. And it could be funny, like, um, everybody gets a shower or nobody gets a shower because then we all stink or we all smell good, you know, um, <laughs> or, or it could be something serious and, you know, benevolent, you know, much like his creed is. So it, you can go either way with it. 
So no rush. <laughs> take your time. Well, I may have a think. Yeah, yeah, take your time. Everybody gets to eat or nobody gets to eat? That's very fair. <laughs> very fair. I like it. I like it. I was like, very I do good. food. Yeah, you, you can't. I, and, and that brings to mind the craft services. Ooh. How was that on the set of Bosch? That was that was uh, a there there there. I I stayed very briefly in the craft services area, okay. but the catering was really really good. They okay. did a really great job at being able to cater for. I don't eat any meat. I'm sure. fully mm -hmm. vegan, so they were able to prepare some really delicious food for me on oh, set, that's which I was super happy about. Yeah. Okay. That just says everybody counts or nobody counts. <laughs> you got to accommodate for all. That's, exactly. that's wonderful. Glad to hear it. Well, this is just a, kind of a fun question. The police station itself has a bad reputation related to its coffee. There are just so many jokes throughout the show about how bad the coffee is. So I'm guessing that the mayor has much better amenities in her office. What would you, Natalia, gift to the police station to help with their coffee situation? If you could just give them a step up, would you, you know, give them a new machine or, or a different product? I probably would start with the the beans. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good roasted beans, right, then the machine doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so start I think from the, the mayor would give some good Colombian coffee beans or Ethiopian coffee beans. Something ah, yes. very yes. exquisite, chocolatey mm. profile. Oh, I like the sound of that. Well, I, I'm sure they'd be very grateful. <laughs> Those sound like good selections. And then I'm curious, uh, what was one of your favorite television characters growing up watching TV? And how would you feel about playing that type of role today? I think one of, I grew up watching uh, a, a bunch of different, like a mix of different things because I didn't okay. grow up here in the States. So one of the characters that comes to mind that I loved and I'm not sure if you know about this, but is El Chavo del Ocho. Okay. No, so, not very familiar. It's a comedy. It's okay. a Mexican comedy. It's very silly. It's pretty. It's similar to the I Love Lucy world in the okay. sense that it is physical comedy and pretty big. Mm -hmm. So that always, I always loved. But I also grew up watching My Fair Lady, which mm -hmm. I love. I don't know if I could play that with her cockney accent but, <laughs> but that would that would be one of my roles that i would really like to dig in and try it's such a different yeah all over the map and you get to grow as a character yeah i was gonna say it's very transformative absolutely know, to, sort of evolving yeah that, that'd be a great choice that yeah that's that's definitely a great one well, is there anything coming up for you that you wanted to plug or share with us? Well, I have some a few things in the works that I can't actually okay. disclose right now, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you, you'll stay tuned and, and see what's up in that aspect. Yeah. But I do want to, you know, let everybody know to please keep watching the show. And yeah. I know it's the last season, but you will all be surprised with what is happening. And the sure. spinoff is just going to be as good. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, the, the Bosch fans are very passionate. So I think they're, they're in for it as long as we can get any sort of Bosch content. So, well, with your projects coming up, you know, I don't, our pod, this specific piece of our podcast is Bosch themed, but our um, 
group that we are in, so many shows.com, we cover all kinds of television shows. So if there's oh, ever something else you want to talk about, uh, we'd love to have you back and explore any of your roles. So Absolutely. I really appreciate your time. And you too, uh, this, was, this was fun. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. You too. Thank you so much, Tracy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Good one.